It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As uh, we say hi to Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, our co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. Follow Jay on Twitter at jmoore44. Uh, Jay Bird, uh, happy 2024. It's been a while since we talked, and uh, you are... Well, you're uh, your big daddy o at home on a snow day, man. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Let's just extend Christmas break, winter break further. Why not? Right <laughs> for for all of us, been, right? Right. Let's just it's keep... already been fourteen days. Let's make it a fifteenth day. But who's counting? So, <laughs> is 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 Mav duct taped in in his room, or is he racing around? No, he's uh, he finally you know at that age where you know, watching stuff on YouTube or, you know, uh, playing Nintendo Switch or Xbox, whatever it is, keeps him plenty content. So that's what he's currently doing right now. So he's he just goes into zombie mode with that stuff. So it's it's uh, it, it has worked out well at that, those things. Uh, it's uh, It has its uh, upside, obviously a lot of downside too, but uh, <laughs> right now he's, uh, he's full into Mario Kart on some Switch right now. Well, it's better than Fortnite. I was going to say so many parents nowadays are buying their kids like the Fortnite coins, and I was going to say like, man, you could have – could have put those to good use today going hopping. Yeah, to he's a little too young for that. I think we had it, and then we, del- you know, we have one of the Xboxes that you only have so much data, and we had the Fortnite, but he had no idea to play it. I have no idea to play it. I don't even care to learn how to play it. Hmm. So we deleted it so we get, we get the new Madden. Well, that was more ah, that's better. That's better. Do you yeah. play him in Madden or no? Yeah, every now and then we'll battle. Yeah, I always have to get a pretty poor team. Uh, he always wants like the 49ers or Ravens or. Uh, you know, we're big Bengals fans in this household, so we got the Bengals. So usually I'll kind of go towards don't say the Broncos. I don't know, like a sneaky pick right now is if with CJ Stroud is the Texans. Okay. They're kind of sneaky good, but he thinks they're, they're they suck. I'm like, dude, they're kind of nice with CJ Stroud, so <laughs> I'll kind of resort to them as a as a pseudo crappy pick. Do you give him the bad controller? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I don't. It's uh. It's it's the you don't even run to that that much anymore as long as it's linked up Bluetooth but uh, it's it's fun it's 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 amazing our competitive spirits both jump out when uh, we're going we're talking crap to each other it's it's there's gonna be there's gonna be some broken controllers here in the near future that's hilarious do, do you feel that your NFL experience helps you in Madden there's a guy there Kurt Benkert former backup quarterback in a multitude of different places he now is like a competitive Madden player because. He knows how to read defenses and what. Do you feel like your NFL experience helps you? Yeah, a little bit. If they're going to continue to run the same play over and over, which (laughs) as seven-year-olds do, it's like, well, if you're just going to run slants to Tyree Kill the whole time, I'm just going to sit in this little, like, uh, underneath zone here and just pick you off every time. So uh, (laughs) that's pretty easy to figure out. Or they run the same run play over and over again. It's like, I'll just kind of move my D lineman. I'll shift them over one gap and – and good luck. It's, uh, that's that. It's pretty. That stuff's pretty basic. You don't, you don't have to play football for a long time to figure out 
how to stop some of that stuff. Why is Mav <laughs> crying again? Well, I kicked his ass in Madden. Jay keeps bringing in gay Jay. <laughs> Jay, uh, let's talk a little bit about Nebraska football. They get two nice uh, portal commits over the weekend. Uh, Isaiah Nayor, really good numbers for Coach Bull at Wyoming. Had some injury issues at Texas, but big-bodied wide out that has produced in all kinds of weather and then a really talented uh, player from the state of Mississippi and Dante Dowdell, big back, very athletic. And those are two wins for the Big Red this weekend. Yeah, good gets. Uh, two two position groups who were you were vastly short on this last year with, with injuries. Uh, you needed some guys. Obviously, there's some youth at both those positions where they've – um, you know, validated themselves in, in year one, uh, making some big plays, but you still need depth and uh, getting some guys there. Is, that's going to be a huge help. Uh, I, I imagine, I, I mean, just with how when school starts, I don't know if there's anyone else coming in, but wouldn't hurt to maybe get another wide receiver potentially um, yet before the spring semester starts. So not surprised that those those two positions are fulfilled. Uh, getting Dowdell at the Oregon, you know, his, his pedigree just from um, – you know, recruiting at a high school and then playing in a in a high powered offense like Oregon's always is. Um, it's always it's nice to have because you just get some experience and just know how to how to you know move efficiently within offenses. And uh, those are two nice nice gets to kind of kick off the year for us. And Jay, it's interesting. Whenever you, you think of Dowdell specifically, you don't really think of that big power back being an, an Oregon running back. And I know they're changing a little bit under Lane, but he really strikes me as that. Big Ten power running back. Like, the Big Ten feels like it should have been the conference for him all along whenever you watch his film, whenever you hear what he has to say about his own style running the football. And I mean, your thoughts, who's, like, the ultimate big-bodied running back that you remember watching at Nebraska or maybe playing with? Um, well, guys I played with, I mean, I immediately think of, uh, like, a Brandon Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger body. Kenny Wilson, a Juco guy that came in and played. He got injured. He was a bigger guy. Uh, Cody Glenn came in as a running back. Uh, guys who I played against, I mean, first guy that comes to mind, Adrian Peterson. Mm. I mean, if not, we one of the best running backs of all time in college football and NFL history. The dude is an absolute freak. Uh, so he was he was tough. Um, so there's a lot, played with a lot of big bigger guys. Um, you know, the smaller slashers that really Nebraska never really had those. I mean, Corey Ross was was smaller, but he was still sturdy. Uh, Marlon Lucky was still on the bigger side. Um, but I, you definitely need in the Big Ten Conference. You need, you need the guy that can be physical, can handle twenty carries, and but can still, you know, have some wiggle to him and be able to slash and kind of put his foot in the ground and get get upfield. So I think, I think um, Dowd Elke definitely kind of checks all those boxes. And there's obviously pros and cons to each Jay, but from your experience, what is the the difficulty of playing against a big-bodied running back? First contact. It's just tough to get him down. I I just think of the times going against Adrian Peterson and. You think you had them, and you just you bounce right off of them. Uh, uh, they just can wear you down, and it's really fourth quarter. They start to kind of wear on you. They lean on you a little bit. Uh, you can. It's just initial contact. They can carry it. You know, it might be two yards, but then it turns into a four, five, six yard gain, and then it look like they have much. This is what they can bring. Uh, usually, a little bit better. Uh, sometimes the pass pro picking up blitzes, and uh, obviously not as be- as good in the passing game. Your third and long situations, but. Uh, they're just they're just tough, man. They're physical. Just wear they wear you down, and then you get in that four minute drill. 
when you're, you get the game up and you just need a first down and the game thing's over, I tell you what, those big body backs come in real handy when you're just running powers and isos uh, try to seal that thing up. Jay, the name this weekend, Dana Holgerson. Uh, just a friend, uh, says Matt Rule. Uh, there's been some thought about Dana here for about a week or so, and then some reports came out over the weekend. You went against Holgerson under Coach Leach, and uh, Dana's kind of pigeonholed with that air raid rep, but just doing some research we talked about earlier, his his coaching career from coordinator to quarterback coach to running two different programs, man, he's been pretty adaptable. If there's a spot for him with Coach Rule, what's that say to you? Well, it just says that they're just trying to get better. And I think don't I don't think jump to conclusion is some people are like, oh my gosh, we're just gonna throw the football sixty times a game. No, it's you're just trying to get a guy on staff, another football mind, a very good football mind that can just kind of bring something else to the table. I know Satterfield spent, you know, at South Carolina, they like to throw it a lot. Uh, but just something else, just another uh, thought, another uh, tendencies to look at, to, to, you know, or just certain things to help you kind of get over the hump. And I, whether it's from an analyst role, uh, it's a, if it's a multiple year thing, I don't know. I mean, who knows what Holgerson wants to do, if he wants another final head coaching job, or he's kind of get to that time of his career where, heck, pay me, you know, low six figures, I'll come be an analyst for you. Uh, type of situation, but uh, it's just getting a different voice in there sometimes I think helps. But I think still going forward, Nebraska wants to run the football first and foremost. And I think don't, I don't I'm not too too concerned about that, but just expanding your, your passing game and just understanding how you can attack defenses and, and attack really good defenses in the Big Ten. I mean, between, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and obviously, you know, with the, the Pac-12 schools coming in to – the, you, I can't say USC's defense. I mean, they weren't very good. UCLA's hasn't been very good, but Washington's and Oregon's defenses are really, really good. How to attack those and uh, just find yourself getting ahead and just kind of setting yourself up for the future. So uh, I like it. Anytime you can improve and and get a good guy, uh, a guy on staff that has proven history, that has proven himself at multiple places and proven himself with different, you know, um, multiples of offense, I think that's only a plus uh, for this team. And Jay, it's interesting whenever you compare uh, the potential of Holgerson coming on staff to some other offensive hires Nebraska's made in recent years. You go back to, to Lubick, and I know it's a different staff completely, but he was working at a credit union, I want to say. You have Satterfield, who was uh, really bemoaned by a lot of South Carolina fans before he came here. Whipple had a great offense at, at Pitt, but it doesn't sound like uh, that uh, Narduzzi wanted to keep him around for much longer. It doesn't feel like Nebraska's taking a cast off this time around, if you will. And that might be a little bit harsh on some other previous guys, but... A guy in Holgerson is a guy that is uh, not only well-respected in the college football community, but he has the numbers to back it up. No, he definitely does. And I think if you look at, if you want to compare offensive defensive staffs, obviously the defensive staff in Nebraska, there's a lot of experience more on the defensive side. I'm not saying that's immediately why they had success this year, but it has to be a little something to that. I think, obviously, the, the talent was, was deeper and more experienced and better on the, on the defensive side. But you look at the offensive side, you know, obviously Ray Ellis st- stays um, – the young wide receivers coach is brought in for one of his first gigs. Uh, Satterfield, not a ton of experience at the OC. Had uh, been with Rule at a couple different places. Uh, the running back coach, you know, Bartell had been other places. But it's just 
getting some more experience. And it's not it's it's not um, it's not putting anyone, you know, uh, on on check in that staff. It's just like, hey, man, we're trying to get better. And if this if this guy can come in and give us some fresh ideas, give us something to a couple extra wrinkles to throw in there, maybe uh, some different third down uh, schemes and then in passing game stuff, you know, why not? You know, it's it's not going to hurt us. It only can help us. So um, I think they're just trying to get some more, some more experience and just they, they got to get better. I mean, offensive on the side of football, I know there's injuries, but they the offensive side of the ball was was obviously really bad this last year. So they got to they got to improve it and. Uh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna explore all options at this point. You, you can't live in a world where you're scoring 17 a game. Period. Uh, you can't do that to the defense. You can't do that to your own football team for another season. And who knows where it goes? But if Nebraska gets the ability to to land a guy like Holgerson uh, with his track record with quarterbacks and just being as adaptable as he's been offensively. That's incredible. And listen, I would think he won't come here uh, unless he's a co-coordinator. So you have him and Sat, and then you have Donnie with the run game, and you got three uh, three sets of eyes working on an offense with, I think, some really nice young talent. And then we've talked already about the portal. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Cornhead Lager, our sponsor, Snow Day. But, uh, well, we shoveled our way in and uh, talking some big red football. Jay, two of your close contemporaries, uh, Danny Woodhead, a uh, guy you're really tight with on the golf course and played uh, with and against in, in high school and, of course, in the NFL. And then your your coach, the man who brought you to Nebraska, Frank Solich, both uh, being nominated today for the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, the outstanding news. Uh, I was not aware until we were just kind of hopping on here and, and touching base before we uh, started recording. But it's two fantastic people, uh, very, very deserving. I've gotten to know Danny, obviously, through golf and, uh, you know, become friends with, good friends with, you know, his his family. And uh, his brother lives here in Lincoln, so we play a lot of golf. And, um very very deserving uh you know what he did at shattern state i know it's going off obviously shattern state then you have to have a pretty good professional career for for them to consider uh but you know getting their the equivalent of of the heisman not once but maybe twice mm-hmm. you get it twice yeah so uh, i don't know the name of that award but that's 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 outstanding i mean shattern's always been a good football program uh at the d2 level um and he's and obviously his career that he had playing the nfl for you know 10 years it's not no surprise uh, that he got it. Then Coach Solich, I mean, what he's able to do here as an assistant and then as a head coach. And then obviously we, we've touched base on it more times. And the horse, I know the horse is dead, but, you know, being wrongfully fired uh, after a 9-3 and three season. Uh, but then obviously taking it over and, and uh, moving over to Ohio and having success there and, and, and damn near winning the MAC conference every year, it seemed like, or other year, and being very, very competitive. Um is he's very very deserving and very happy for him um just feels like everything's kind of fallen into place here for the last from the last you know year or so for for coach soul it's just coming back to the spring game being recognized and and getting this award so um obviously very happy for both of them and um yeah just not not surprised at all because both of them are very deserving quickly here jay with with danny 
Is he a what if in your mind in terms of being a Nebraska kid who goes off to Shadron State? And Nebraska at the time had a couple of guys we've already talked about earlier in this interview with Brandon Jackson, Marlon Lucky on roster at the time. Is that a what if in your mind? What if Danny Woodhead would have gotten that Nebraska offer? What if he would have came to Nebraska? Or do you think that's that's uh, by the wayside now? It's hard because what if he comes here and never plays? Mm. He never gets an, he never gets he never gets um, a look, and maybe his work ethic and everything that we we know about he gets opportunities, but what if, what if he sits in the third or fourth string and doesn't, or, you know, and just plays scout team and doesn't get a look. Does Danny Woodhead become Danny, what Danny Woodhead has, we know as because he goes to Shatter State, plays him right away and is an all American there, you know? So it's just, he's it, kind of one of those, it's six, one way, half a dozen, the other, you know, people like to think, Oh my gosh, we'd love to have Danny Woodhead. Yeah. I would have loved to have Danny Woodhead here. He would have, he would have, if he would got a, a chance to play, the guy would have produced, but that's just the thing. And uh, does he get a shot? Uh, you'd like to think in, in scrimmages and going to the South team, people are like, God dang, who's this kid from, from North Platte? You know, he's, he's toasting us in scrimmages and in, in, in practice. Um, and maybe that was the way he, he could have, but uh, it's just, a, it was a, it's a much tougher mountain to climb here than, than at Shattern State. I just don't know if he got the fair shot and the fair look as a, as a five-star or a high four-star running backs in Juco transfers would have got coming in here just because of his, of the size and just, just those, um, just the stereotypical stuff that you get. I mean, he's a small white running back. I mean, those, I mean, those, <laughs> those are two stereotypical. This just doesn't, this doesn't work well, uh, in major college athletics. And so, um, no, I'd, been, I'd love to have him as teammate and seen him, you know, flourish here, but I don't know if he honestly would have got a, a, a fair shake. Well, he got looked at by the pros, man, and, and killed it uh, for a long, long career. Jay, we'll get your thoughts on the college football championship game tonight. Washington, Michigan was giggling about Harbaugh and his interview, his sit-down uh, with McAfee, and he was there with Kalen DeBoer, and they both were in their Sunday best, but Harbaugh is staring at DeBoer like DeBoer's a zoo animal during one of the questions that 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 McAfee posed to him and I mean Harbaugh's going all Stevie Wonder man I mean he's just buckle him in in the uh, the interview seat but what happens tonight Michigan I think favored by four and a half or five yeah I think it's gonna be a really good game I do I think uh, Mich- it's gonna be interesting to see if Michigan can apply the same pressure that they did against Alabama Milrow I think Milrow is not as good as in the pocket as Penix is obviously obviously not no near the thrower but can they can they create that kind of pressure and get him off his spot and get him off timing? If they can, I like Michigan. But if they have they have issues, and I know DeBoer is a is a very smart football mind, he's going to have some things dialed up uh, for that defense. And then I just look at the physicality of Michigan. If they can commit to the run and stick with it, and um, you know, I think their physicality wears wears them down. I do like I like Michigan. I thought Michigan was by far the best team. All year, I don't think Michigan is by far the flashiest team. I think uh, has and definitely doesn't have the most firepower. I think that's Washington, but what I think Michigan has is just the ability to wear people out. And uh, I think this is a, a tends to be a low-scoring game, you know, uh, less than less than forty points. I think I think this is all this is all Michigan in this one. Not saying all like it's a blowout, but I just think this this that style of game just shoots suits Michigan. Now, if we get they start off quick and Oregon gets off to a hot start. You know, seventeen three, fourteen nothing. I I tell you what, that's that's tough for Michigan to come back from. But uh, if they can keep this thing, you know, 
they were very methodical. Um, I, I like Michigan in that type of game. Jay, on a more important note, what's on the menu tonight at the Moore household? <laughs> well, uh, I think I'm getting together with a few buddies. And uh, I think there's going to be some... Uh, that's code for you're not invited. That's code for we're not inviting. That's code well, for know. beers a, for dinner. I had, I had to touch base because with, with the snow and kids being home from school, you know, sometimes that just throws a wrench in it. But I'm going to swing over there. And uh, I know he's uh, he likes his very fine IPAs. And I'm mm. sure there'll be some wings and uh, some nice, you know, queso dips and all those things. So I have no idea, to be honest. I just know that the the... The collection of beverages is going to be off the charts because uh, my man is, uh, he knows what he's doing through all gamuts of it, through beers, bourbons, tequilas, whatever. So uh, we got to keep it classy, though. You got to <laughs> get the road issue, the snow issues, and uh, you got an early morning for work tomorrow, too. That means cut yourself off at halftime, is what that means. Yeah, you know what? I you like to think that. That's when you say that I'm leaving at halftime, but half it never happens. <laughs> just, you know, just, uh, just be, you know, just take it easy, right? Just uh, put it on cruise control. Jay Moore with his uh, co-host, Big Red Rapper, Blackshirt Husker, NFL, or at Jay Moore 44. Find him on Twitter. Jay will hit some NFL weekend uh, next week after the first round of the wild card. Get your thoughts on the NFL postseason. Thanks for a few minutes today. Yep, you got it. Thanks, guys. Good to spend time with Blackshirt Husker, NFLer Jay Moore. And uh, plenty of playoff football still ahead. Uh, things are set there. We'll do our steak and a beer bet before we uh, take off. Are you going anywhere? Are you going to do wings? What's on your menu? I think uh, burgers. Going you do burgers? I have, I have trusted you the my old roommates. George Foreman, or are you doing the air fryer? Smash burgers. We're getting the pan. We're Ooh. smashing down. We were, we were discussing, and it, a lot of this comes down to my roommates. How much time do they actually spend playing Mortal Kombat today because they said you gave they gave them an assignment. They said they'd be Clean working on the house, menu. make me dinner. The plan was uh, Oklahoma onion burgers. Nice. Which we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what it looks like when I get home. Chances are they're probably still on the couch playing Mortal Kombat. Title game coming up. Uh, thoughts next.